This is the What Fits You audio course from HappenToYourCareer.com. It's the first and only podcast course where you learn how to figure out work and life that is unapologetically you. By the way, if you want to learn more and get our Figure It Out videos, just text HAPPEN, H-A-P-P-E-N, to 22444. That's HAPPEN to 22444. Or you can just visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow from Happen to Your Career and happentoyourcareer.com. We run a business that helps you figure out what it is that exactly fits you and go and make it happen. Whether that's a job or crafting the right business for you, whatever it is, I want you to stop living the life that someone else told you was going to be fantastic and start today figuring out what you actually want for yourself. So as you know, this podcast is a it's it's set up as a series of eight audio classes teaching you how to figure out what you really want to be doing for your work in your life. And my intent behind everything we do is to teach you how to take control of your journey so that you can live a life that is unapologetically you. So we're going to break down the process that we use that actually in everything that we teach from our our premium course called Figure Out What Fits to coaching uh, one-on-one with clients, and and we're going to just take it one step at a time. But right now, we're going to discuss one particular step, and that is why you can't figure out what you want. You have to understand the problem before you can do something about it and before you can craft your solution. So we're going to deep dive into exactly that today. Now, you've, uh, you've been living life and doing the jobs that you think you should be doing either because you thought it would make you happy or because you know somebody uh, somebody else told uh, told you that it's something that uh, that you should be doing or because um, you fell into it or because you know there's there's a lot of different ways that can happen um and with those different ways i I want you to understand, you know, what, what what other people are going through at the same time and how people actually get here. So let me let me just read you off a couple of emails that uh, that have been sent to me semi recently and tell you a little bit about this. So this is Allison. Allison says, "Look, I'm just I'm just getting started. You know, I I've had a business for over a year, but I'm not generating a lot of revenue. Uh, so the blocks that I stumble are are lack of financial resources, limited times to work on the business because I need some income to live, uh, a fear of failure and fear of success. And knowing that this type of work is not understood or valued by loved ones more than anything, I need to step up my faith in me and the business and then act accordingly. And that's, you know, that's, that's an email that was sent to me. There's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of different reasons. You've got that fear of failure. You've got, Hey, she doesn't have a support system. Um, she, is worried about you know financial resources and and there's a sort of this f- feeling of hey you've got to have money in order to uh, make money type thing and that gets circulated around so let me let me tell you about another one and this is from Debbie Debbie says hey I've taken a career assessment to determine where my interests and abilities actually lie I started to do work um, to identify what I liked and. and uh, what I didn't like about past positions, you know, I've, I've taken some leadership assessments to determine where my strengths and weaknesses as a leader are. I've returned to school to get a master's degree in management and leadership. 
but I feel as though I have many skills, I still just don't know what I'm passionate or excited about. Okay, well, that's that's another problem. That's another big piece of it. You might have done a lot of stuff and tried a lot of different things. Uh, for example, you know, assessments. I work with a lot of people that have taken, you know, every assessment under the sun. And unfortunately, although there are a couple assessments that are really, really good and can be very helpful during this process, like StrengthFinder 2.0, you know, that's something we work with all the time. That's something um, we will typically purchase for our coaching clients if they haven't already taken it themselves, because that helps give you some verbiage for your strengths and some of the things that you're amazing at. But what it doesn't do and here's the problem, and here's what Debbie was facing, is it doesn't tell you what you should do with that information. It doesn't give you the application. It doesn't help you apply it. And that's the much more difficult part. You've probably heard of those assessments out there that uh, you know you go through, you answer a bunch of questions, and then they pop out the other end. And they're like, you should be a police officer. You should be in IT. You should be making coffee down the street. You should be unemployed, a writer. I don't know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Um, and you know, it pops out the other end and those things are not accurate a lot of the times because there's so many other variables in there. You know, so people get, get those results back and they're like, seriously, there's no way I would ever go into accounting. Like accounting is like the last thing that I would do. That sounds horrible. Um, and, and the sheer factor is that there's so many variables to take into account. That's one of the things that makes this a very difficult process, figuring out what you should be doing. So here's, here's one of the ways that we deal with that. And I want to help you understand the context of this course. We don't look at it, at least initially, as identifying an occupation that you should be after. Now, that sounds really, really weird because you've got the whole rest of the world that is saying, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and, and that starts like when you're, you know, one and a half years old, as soon as you can talk, basically, you're like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up, little Jimmy? You know, what's it going to be? Are you going to be an astronaut? Are you going to be an accountant? What's that going to be? And that starts immediately from day one. Okay. But then the thing is, nobody ever stops to evaluate it from a different perspective, like, well, what are you what are you great at? How do you want to spend your time? Um, instead, we start to put those 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 labels on it in terms of, hey, here's your occupation. That's also going to be your identity, by the way. And good luck choosing one because uh, you can only pick one thing and that's going to be it. That's the end all. Okay, well, that's not the way that it has to work. Instead, as I mentioned, we'll focus very much on what are the things that, you have strengths at. What are the things that uh, are your signature strengths? We talk about those, and um, you'll get into session. Um, you'll get into session three here, or session four actually, with the signature strengths. And that's what do you do better than almost anybody else? But then we take those signature strengths and we combine those with what you actually want, and really come out with a filter that helps you understand how do you want to be spending your time. Now, when you come out with a filter of how do you want to be spending your time, this is a much better way to look at it because there's lots of different jobs, lots of different businesses, lots of different opportunities that fall into this realm. And then it becomes uh, choosing the right opportunities as opposed to choosing from you know 15 different types of HR manager. Um, if HR manager is the only thing that I'm I'm after, guess what? You know what? There's there's actually probably a whole bunch of other jobs that I'm eliminating 
and opportunities that I'm eliminating that also probably fit me um, that are called different to- job titles. And, and the reality is that, you know, I was an HR manager for years and what I would have had to do at some organizations would have been terrible for me because job titles are a moving target. Okay. So that's, that's uh, several reasons why we don't want you to go about it that way, but that's also part of the problem. When you go on, when you go on LinkedIn, you know, you're rewarded if you are after a particular type of job title, because it's easier to find that it's easier to categorize people in that particular way. Okay. We don't want to take the easy road any longer. We want you to take a more difficult road, but a much more rewarding and much more valuable road. If your goal is overall satisfaction and overall happiness versus just being able to identify an occupation. Okay. So that's, that's another problem. And that's certainly what, uh, what Debbie was facing here. Now, let me give you another example. Another part of the problem is, and here's what Matt says, says, I want a career, not just a job. I want to do something that matters to me, not just for a paycheck. And, uh, what has a tendency to happen here is you don't necessarily know what that is. You might know that what you're doing now is kind of the opposite of what you want. And you might be able to reference in your job right now and say, yeah, I don't really like that thing. I don't really like, you know, working with these type of people. I don't really like the schedule that I have to do. I don't really like, you know, what, uh, the lack of flexibility that I get. I don't really like the fact that, you know, whatever it is, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily the opposite of that for what you want. So those are the things you don't like. It's easy to point to that because that's right in front of you and say, yeah, I don't really like that all that much. What's much more, more difficult, and this is a bigger part of the problem, is instead it's terribly hard sometimes to then say, here's what I do actually want. Here's what I do actually want in, in my life. And here's what I want that to look like. So we're going to go into that a little bit later. Once we get into uh, sessions uh, seven and, and eight here, we're going to go into that a little bit more and help you understand some of the different ways that you can start to pick out what it is that you do, in fact, want in your life versus saying, here's what I don't want. And don't want is a great place to start. But if you end there, you're still not going to know anything about what it is that you want to be doing. Okay. So. Another thing is you're not really sure where to get started because they don't really teach this anywhere. You know, this, this really, really isn't something that is taught very many different places here. And, you know, even, even to look at it from this type of, this type of mentality. And, you know, here's another, another email that I got here and it says, I'm trying to find a job that fits with my skill set and passion. Well, I have a ton of respect for those who can set out on their own. This is definitely not me. I recently relocated uh, from the greater Washington metro area and you know, I was able to find a position as a business analyst. Well, I was lucky and grateful to find a position, a very tough market. I absolutely hate it and dread going to work. Now, what we teach very often is that you have to, you have to line up with that particular thing and that you should be grateful. You should be grateful that you have a job. You should be grateful that, uh, you know, that's the case. And while I don't want to, I don't want to undermine gratitude because that is, I think is one of the most powerful things out there. Um, I do want to say that even if that's where you're at, you can be thankful for some of the things that it provides. And also at the same time, 
be absolutely planning to not be there forever. And in fact, not be there sooner rather than later would be ideal, right? And whether that is a business for you, whether that is another job, I I want you to be able to move down this path of figuring out what that actually looks like. Um, So I I want you to think about where, where some of these mentalities come from in the first place. Not just the not just the you should be grateful piece, but also the um, you have to pick one thing and you have to pick it by occupation instead of really putting the value on where and how you spend your time and what you're what you're good at and what you enjoy and those types of things. Um, think about it from colleges and universities first of all. So much of their motivation, at least the the ways that universities have been set up for years, is to help guide you into a major, right? So if they're guiding you into a major and they don't really have anything else set up for, say, somebody who wants to do many different things um, uh, or anything that wants anything that want, somebody wants to happen outside of like double majoring or adding a couple of minors or uh, whatever whatever else it is. If, if you want to do things that are too completely different, the university typically is not very rewarding to that. It takes a lot longer to graduate. You have to spend a whole bunch more money, um, and it's not very not very uh, conducive to that type of environment. Plus, it really funnels you into a particular, again, occupation path or occupation title. Okay, this is a major problem. And it is, in fact, one of the problems, although I have a lot of respect for education and a lot of respect for many of the universities out there, especially the ones that are working to find out uh, and figure out better solutions, it, it is still where we're at right now and what creates some of the problem that you may be experiencing right now. Um, so if everybody has to go to universities or everybody has to go to colleges, because that's the normal expectation, got to have uh, the college degree to some degree. Uh, college degree to be able to make a make a move to get anything really that you're going to be that interested in, which isn't isn't entirely true either, by the way. Um, but that's the that's the socially accepted mentality. Then that means you're going to be forced to choose an occupation from the very very beginning. Okay, so now you've heard of this since two years old about what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What do you, what are you going to you know what are you going to do when you grow up? Um, you're in in a university and you're forced to choose and you know that's uh that's something that you end up graduating with you get out into the world and from there you know you you go to work you go to work in that particular occupation or you can't find work in that occupation and then you end up falling into another occupation because that original plan A didn't work out so you accept something else that popped up along the way okay so that's that's very often how it happens uh, then what happens very often is you go to that job, you go through the honeymoon period. You're kind of excited about it in some cases, uh, but maybe you've thought, well, you know, that's that's not something I'm going to stay in. I don't want to do that forever. This is going to be my temporary job, right? And then all of a sudden, like three years later, you're still in this temporary job. So finally, you get to get irritated enough to be able to go and make another move, and you go and make another move, and you go into something else that you fall into again, and then the cycle gets repeated. And there's different variations for different people, but unfortunately, that's all too common story, even if just a piece of that is your story. Okay, so that's that's how we get here. And understand that the system is not set up in your favor 
to really be able to experience happiness in your job. When it's when it comes from that place, it is no surprise that 82% of people, you know, from the Gallup study are are not excited or what they say is a not not satisfied with the, with their job or less than satisfied. I think it's how they term it. Don't quote me on that. Um but then, you know, on top of that, they also don't teach this stuff in those same universities. They don't teach it in high schools. They don't teach it in many other places. So if you are so lucky as to get one of the few parents out there that understand some of the stuff and have taken it upon themselves to educate you as to a different way to go about it, then that makes you in a very, very small percentage group. Um, Otherwise, this is not something that's perpetuated out there. I'm looking to change that. And that's part of the reason why we have this type of thing here. Okay. So now that you understand that part of the problem, I want you to understand um, part of the part of the solution. So if if that's the problem and that's the place where you're coming from, then here's how we actually put it together. And here's what you're going to learn through the rest of the course. We use what we call the puzzle method. So I've got a, I've got three little kids. And one of them, the first time he did a puzzle, he's probably, I don't know, three years old or something like that. His name is Grayson. And I was sitting there on the floor. Grayson and I are trying to put together this puzzle. Grayson's just grabbing at any of any of the puzzle pieces and he's just trying to shove them together, just jam them together, just any any way that he possibly can. And guess what? It's not working at all. So I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, Grayson. Let me, let me show you this. Let me show you how to put this thing together. Because as you and I probably both know, there is easy way to put together the puzzle. And there is a very difficult way to put together the puzzle. Grayson was going about it the very difficult way, of course. Now, the easy way is you grab all the corner pieces. You find those four corner pieces, if it's a rectangular or square puzzle, and then you set those out. You you can kind of see what uh, which are going to go on which corner, You know, especially if you have um, yeah, any inclination as to what it might be. And then you find all of the edge pieces. Okay. You get all those edge pieces out and you organize them a little bit. It starts to make sense how they go together. And then once you have the edge pieces laid out with the corner pieces, you've got a frame and then, oh my goodness, once you've got this frame, it becomes increasingly easy to start to see what the picture might be. And then from there, you can actually put the picture together and what that might look like. But it is so incredibly difficult to try and find the picture first and just pick those random pieces out and organize them into something that makes sense starting with the middle. So we, we take the same approach and same philosophy to really trying to figure out what it is that you should be doing and work that you actually love and, and are excited about. And those corner pieces in our case are your strengths. Specifically, what we focus on with your signature strengths. That's incredibly important. So um, again, more about your signature strengths once we get to lesson four here. Then once you have built that foundation with your strengths and what you've got the what you got the potential to be great at, then we focus on what you actually want in your life. And this is incredibly important. So all the different areas of your life, what you want uh, from a financial point of view, what you want from relationships and, and social and, you know, all these different things that you want in your life. And then we build out the framework. So that becomes those edge pieces. So those edge pieces, once put together with your, um, with your strengths, that creates the whole frame. And then only then does it become so much easier to see what the picture might be. So that's uh, that's how we do it. And, and that picture is really the whole rest of your life. And 
the picture is, you know, how those things work together to decide what could be good for you and what your life might look like. So we are literally filling out the picture or creating the picture in that particular way. So that's that's why we use the puzzle method because all this works exactly the same. And what most people are trying to do, they're going, "Oh man, I just I don't even know where to start." They're going, "I this is, you know, this is crazy. How do I, I figure it out? You know, I know that I don't want all the stuff, but I have no, no idea what I really want. And I don't even know where to, you know, I don't even know where to begin. Or I don't even know where to look." So, and then you end up looking at job descriptions, you're looking at business ideas and going, yeah, that just doesn't jive. That doesn't jive. And then you end up be feeling depressed and you know, it's a bad road from there. So instead I want you to do it differently. I want you to do it a much, much easier way. I want you to start with the strengths and this is what we're going to talk about. And then I want you to clearly define what it is that you want in your life. So we're going to, we're going to help you do that through the rest of this. All right. So. I want you to to listen to the third episode next here, where we're going to talk specifically about some of the mental barriers that you'll have to overcome along the way to be able to put together the puzzle. And this is, this is critical. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the What Fits You audio course from Happened to Your Career and happentoyourcareer.com. If you haven't already, I want you to go ahead and hit subscribe on whatever audio player or podcast player that you're using, and then leave us a rating and review. All right. By the way, if you want more help, go ahead and visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HAPPEN, H-A-P-P-E-N, to 22444. HAPPEN. Text it to 22444.